Let's do this again. Let's bring Let's the same energy. It. Let's really bring it this time. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. God. I'm just going to say that it's the second time I had to hear the weird sort of almost almost like uh, fellatio noises that Tony was making over the, over the theme song. Thank you, Tony. That's really, really excellent. Uh, welcome to the Beer Engine Podcast. Hope you guys are here for some more lovely ASMR sex content as our as per our <laughs> usual show. Um, Tony, what's up? It's Griff. Uh, he's still here. Tony's still here. I'm still here. It's good to be back for another uh, thrilling episode uh, of our show. So, Tony. Um, you know, I've been I've been thinking a lot about the uh, this here Zuckerberg fellow and his uh, metaverse idea. Now we've already we've already perfected the metaverse, of course. But I was wondering, you know, what little weird guy do you want to be when you you know you've seen these little you know these little worms can come out? You can be a little special weird like fucking knight when you go to the office or something. What what would you be in the metaverse? I do like the idea of being a worm, but with. Um, those half glasses, that'd be cool. But my actual go-to would be Billy Bass, you know, the toy from the 90s that was like the um, animatronic, animatronic's a strong word, um, fish that was on the wall. I think it was animatronic. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Cool. I I imagine I'm sort of like a big, more cartoonish version of that. So that that's sort okay. of how I see myself. What about for you? What do you think you're on? Are you on the wall, or no. would, would you be a big Tony-sized fish on the wall, or are you a fish sitting in a bar stool? Okay, here's how I imagine it. I imagine that I'm on a plinth. So take the plinth from the wall and put that on mm-hmm. the floor, and I stand up on my tail. Well, well, I actually am laying down, but I I flip up to talk like the bass. Oh sure. That that's how I see myself. It's this is probably for version two point three of the metaverse, not version one. And you don't think Zuck not, can put this out right off the bat? Zuck can't police his shit without stuff getting racist within two seconds. So no, <laughs> I, I I I think there's going to be a lot of mini Hitlers getting around, um, uh-huh. and they're just going to say they're Charlie Chaplin, but we all know they're Hitlers. Um, and it's right. going to be quite okay. terrible. Now, I'm going to ask the same question that you asked of me. What would be your go-to, um, what are they called, avatars for a better word? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, I think that's why this is stupid is it is just avatars. I think this is just the Sims or Second Life or whatever part dose. But, um, you know, I could see myself, you know, it's funny, Tony. Um, I was at an animatronic show last night, funny enough, because I was at the Sam's Town. <laughs> I um, thought you were going to say you little, went to a Chuck E. Cheese. And the little guys were dancing around at the little laser show that's there in the Sam's Town. Tony, you ever seen this? I have not. I've never actually <laughs> been to the Sam's Town. It's one of the few. Oh, God. Well, it's not one of the few. It's one of the many off-strip properties that I haven't been to. But It's um, a goofy little, it's a goofy joint. It's not a little joint. It's huge, but. Yeah. It's a funny joint. So I think I would be the I think I would be the big like bear guy in there. I think I'd be a big not the not the not like a bear bear, like a physical like an animal bear. The human type of bear. <laughs> Tony looks more like the the human type of bear than I do. 
Well, but uh, no, I'd I'd be like a big, and I think I'd just be kind of like um, I'd be on all fours, and I'd just be sleeping. I think that's most of most pretty much my energy is just sort of laying down, occasionally popping up to be like, did you see the bulls? Last night? Oh, my God. You know, well, that's about what you're going to get out of me. That was going to be my other choice. Are you allowed to be famous people? Could you be um, Benny the Bull? Oh, that's a good idea. If I'm Benny the Bull, I want to be the one that's like the big blow-up. Have you ever seen that type of mascot? It's not the suit. It. He's in the thing, but it, and it like sort of flops around a lot. And yep, yeah, does I want a lot to be of that dancing. Of, yeah, I love those things. Have you seen um, some of the um, teams have the blow-up? Um, of the big one, and then they have a junior mascot in the blow-up suit as well. Um, okay, l- like a calf instead of so a you're like a little kid. You yeah. have a little little yeah, Benny the calf. <laughs> um, I, I like when uh, I, I was. This is maybe uh, 15 years ago, but I was at a I was at a Canadian football game, Tony. This is an old drum corps story, and the Montreal Alouettes of the CFL. If you're familiar, oh. um. Ever yeah, so slightly, I've watched uh, 45 minutes of Canadian football. Weird, weird rules. Uh-huh, yep. And they had a big bird guy that's like a big blow-up. And he would, uh, but he did the best move I've ever seen. He took his entire head and tucked it into his body, pushed his head like into his body, and then shook, and his head would burst out of the, out of <laughs> the, <laughs> out of the torso. <laughs> it was so funny to watch. I loved it so much. Um, that's really good. So, you know, we're in the beer engine virtual pub. Maybe someday we'll get to be our little guys. Yeah. We can be walking around and we can have all of our other little friends here walking in as their little guys. Um, now, no, you know, hopefully nobody walks in in a Hitler costume or anything. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen with our crew, but how long without crew before it come becomes sexual? Now I'm not talking <laughs> sexual in a, you're going to get gratification off it, but sexual in a gross way. Because I know some of our listeners, and they do love a good gross-out sexual mm. um, misdeed. I would say negative one year from today is when it'll become sexual. <laughs> You're arguing that it hasn't already been sexual, yeah. Um, but I'm talking about in the metaverse, not just online. Oh, in the online. metaverse. Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys are just horny online. Yeah. Uh, all right. I would say about one hour. That uh, like would be it. my guess. Yeah, somewhere in one hour. You- I'm going to take the under. Now, we know in the TAI virtual brothel, virtual chicken ranch, it would be 30 seconds, right? Before yep. someone's like, who wants to fuck, you know, or something like that. Yeah, and that wouldn't be for fun. That would be just some creep trying to. It's just going to work. Oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Clocking in, baby, for another day of being a weirdo. Let's do it. Get, pull the punch card out. I'm lunch pail, the good old lunch pail style freak. In back for business. Um, if you guys want to uh, tell us, get, get on, get on the, get on the Discord and tell us what little guy you would be in the metaverse. What kind of avatar you're going to be? Are you going to be the 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 standard avatar, right? From uh, whatever that planet was that had that unobtainium or whatever. Um, you know, the blue guys, whatever those guys were. The blue man group, uh, or, are they not from this earth? The blue man group, yeah, they're interplanetary. Tony, it's crazy. Um, and uh, or if you would be like a big panda or, you know, whatever, or if you just dress as yourself, I think that's the funniest way to do the metaverse is just to be a fucking computer version of your own stupid, ugly self. So that's probably what I'll go with in the end. 
Um, But Tony will be a big fish or whatever. So if you were playing NBA 2K, you would be one of those dudes that does your own face scan and you'd play as a white guy. That's a good idea. (laughs) I I would go as the exact same size and athleticism as I am right now (laughs) and just see how how I would do. I think that would be perfect. Six six one and 195 pounds of mostly not any sort of toned muscle, just lumbering down the court three times before he passes out. And include, please include the uh, artificial heart content also, if you could. <laughs> that that'd be that'd be gold. But right. you would be the same weight and as bad as toned as Poku from the OKC Thunder. He's 190 no, pounds and he's seven foot tall, which is just crazy for an NBA player. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in better shape. Well, I don't know. He's, I'm going to outlive him. I'm, I mean, we'll knock on wood on that, but I feel like I'm going to outlive the, the seven <laughs> foot 190 guy. Just knowing about the history of guys with that type of, of shape. Yeah, um, I just yeah, feel like he's going to break time. all the time. I feel like his his feet his feet are in big trouble. That's what I would say. His feet and ankles are in the danger zone. Yeah. Uh, Although you go the opposite direction to modern day Oliver Miller and um, Zion Williamson's feet and knees mm, and hips are not in good shape either. No, he's got trouble too. Now we're kind um, of known as a pseudo NBA podcast at this point. Yes, we talk beer some right, of the time, but, but we do talk NBA. Uh, what is we're, your like a, we're a fucking sumo NBA podcast, you and me, bumping bellies <laughs> on the NBA. <laughs> so two fat guys talk basketball on, on the Beer Engine podcast. Yeah, and the way I see it, you're the Kendrick Perkins of this podcast. You're the yeah. guy that's a little bit wacky. Uh, you're the guy that's laid back. Don't you're make this... me the Paul Pierce of the podcast, please. No, no, or the Scotty Pippen. He's a nutcase. Yeah. yeah, Perk doesn't take himself too seriously. He's he's in NBA 2K as a terrible journalist um, who has terrible takes. Perk, give us your take on the current season, specifically your home team, the Chicago Bulls. They look great. Nice, nice, nice uh, start to the week here with two wins in the Staples Center on in a back to back. Not that the not that the Lakers are any good, but playing on a back to back still not easy. Uh, the and, Clippers are competent. I mean, whatever. And especially because you're a Midwest side traveling to the West Coast, right. that's that's not necessarily an easy trip. It's not the toughest no. trip in the NBA, but it's still a road trip, and it and it, it's not the easiest place to play because you're getting two very different crowds. The Lakers crowd which is a little bit more diehard and then you've got the weirdo clippers fans it's it'll be a different experience in the same uh, building with a bunch of different fans each time well they had just taken a licking they'd taken a licking in golden state and uh you're like oh is this is this the end of the run uh and it's going to kind of crash back to earth but they uh they picked themselves up good that was a nice nice pair of wins for them yeah and the thing is it just happens to be that Golden State are a bloody good side at the moment now that they've yeah, put a couple of I pieces around them. Steph. I'm pissed off because I bet I made a bet on that game that was just on here in the afternoon and um, had the I, I sucker bet the over in that game, but it was uh, it was on track. It was on track, Tony. Uh, we were on track at half. Well, over we were over it. We were at one. We were at one twenty at halftime. 
we were at uh, like almost 65 or something, 65 in the first quarter. And the Nets totally ate shit for the rest of the game and, and uh, only sc- ended up scoring 89 points or something, or 90-something <laughs> points. I'm like, you fuckers. Because um, it was over 222. We got to 218 or something, Tony, which uh, is sucky. Ooh, so that my $10, suck. so long to my $10, that's fine. Bon voyage. We'll get it back. Um, but yeah, Golden State's really good. They uh, That first quarter was insane to watch. Everybody was shooting the lights out. It was wild. Um, and, uh, I, I, so I, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed them. Um, otherwise I, you know, I had kind of a, kind of a weird week watching games. I watched the bulls and, and really didn't get a lot of, didn't catch a lot of the other teams, but the, you know, the nets look are weirdly competent right now too, even though they played bad today. Um, I thought they were, it's hard to tell if there is a powder keg still, or if Kyrie's gone. So the powder keg has been sort of rescued for a while. Here's the thing about the Nets. Harden's not playing great. Mm-mm. Is their bench really doing a lot outside of Paddy Mills? Because Paddy mm-hmm. Mills's production's been strong. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge has been fine, but like Blake Griffin is kind of a shallow himself. Um, oh, yeah, he looked awful, yeah. And there, there's really nothing else going on there. So if Harden gets himself right, and uh, maybe they get one, one or two more productive minutes from that bench group... Perhaps they're in with a shot. KD is the best player in the league right now. I, yeah, he's nuts. Yeah, put me up against anybody in the NBA. I'm taking him one-on-one. But I don't think there's enough around him for a sustained championship run. They, they worry me unless they make a trade to get Kyrie out of there. And um, I don't know who you make that trade for because I don't think it's a straight swap with Simmons. Cleveland, I was right about Cleveland. They are, they are weirdly fun. Um, they are, yep. And, and uh, you know, Washington looks pretty good. And Miami and, are doing Miami things because yeah. they've snuck up to yeah, fourth with nobody Maybe even Miami mentioning sneaky, them. Yeah. And uh, I think Phoenix Phoenix picked themselves up after kind of a weird start. They've won nine in a row. So Yeah, uh, and that happens. The, on, on the flip side of that is um, the Atlanta Hawks who had a similar mm-hmm. start to um, the Phoenix Suns but haven't been able to pick themselves up. Okay, they're only sitting one guy, game behind the Bucks, but it's not looking yeah, good for that, that group of guys. They don't have the out-and-out start power that Milwaukee have um, because... Milwaukee just has to get healthy. Yeah, they do. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about teams like Boston. I think the Raptors are overperforming. Um yeah. But yeah. I, I'm I not sure like who's going to fill out but... the bottom of the East because it is the East, as as per normal, the top eight teams are, are fine, but the bottom of the East is, is Detroit, Detroit. Detroit are terrible. Yeah, um, Detroit, Detroit and Houston and New Orleans are really bad. Yep. And also Orlando are not good either. They're, they're pretty terrible. Par for the course with a couple of those teams. Um yeah, not great, but uh, you know, excited about seeing about the Bulls. I'm, I was, uh, I'm going to miss them in Portland by two days because they're going to be in, they're going to be in Portland oh. on uh, they're going to be in Portland tomorrow night, and I'm getting there Friday evening. So uh, that would have been fun, but I'm going to catch. I think I'm going to catch him when I'm back in Chicago. I think I'm going to weasel my way into some tickets when I'm back in Chicago, see him live. Now, what does a ticket run you at? Um, 
Um, where do you play in Chicago? These the United Center, of course, you play at the United, United Center. Center. Yeah. Um, what will a ticket run me? Well, first I will exhaust every connection I have in the Bulls drumline to see if I can weasel out two tickets. Um, so that would be nice if I can get zero. <laughs> but I suspect I could go to a midweek game in December, seventy-five, maybe that's, that's seventy-five not bucks. Bad. That's probably being a three hundred level, but that's okay. That's I don't care. Fine. Yep. Like a basketball um, stadium's not that that big these days. We're not talking Detroit Pistons of the nineties playing in the Pontiac Dome. Or no, San Antonio no, that, Spurs, wherever yeah. they used to play. The Alamo Dome, man. Yeah. Uh, no, it's the United Center. It's a good size. You know, it's nineteen thousand probably, but um, yeah. You know, for a midweek game, if they're if they're not playing anybody. Yeah, I would like to get them. I think they play the Lakers when when I when I'm home. I'm not sure, but I think they do. So it would be, you know, if LeBron's back by then, he might not. But he might come not come back till January at this rate. But, yeah. Um, that'd be kind of fun, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see what I can get my way into. Um, so it'd be nice to see him live. Hopefully that can hopefully I can pull that off. I would like to go to a pit uh, a Blazers game. Um, at the motor center next week, we'll see. We'll see if I can pull it off. Yeah, they're not playing great right now either. But they're they're they've they've got guys. <laughs> Excuse me. They um, do have. They have. Yeah, they have some guys. They have names, uh, Portland. Yeah. But do they have actual NBA talent these days? Behind Dame, I'm not sure. They're mm-hmm. really struggling. Yeah. Be be interesting to see whether the the Blazers can pull it anything off at the trade deadline to put some somebody around, around Dame because I, I think Dame's staying. I know there's been trade rumours that he goes, but but my money is on Dame staying. Okay. Uh, yeah, me too. I think the, I think my last point is going to be that the Bulls, uh, one of the reasons the Bulls are better, I think, is just that they're paying good players instead of bad players. Um, and uh, that's a very stupid thing to say. Uh, but it's true when That's you're not paying not. Cristiano when you're not paying Cristiano Felicio forty million dollars. You're that what probably going to make your team better. He was four for forty, baby. Four for forty for Chris Felicio. I thought um, he would have been on you, three million a year on a just about nope. minimum pay. Mm-mm. Uh, so when <laughs> you're not doing that, you're living it up, baby. You know, and you're paying the really good guys pretty good money, and the medium guys medium money. And the young guys, young guy money, you have a nice team that you can make. Yep. And now we have nine uh, and now we have nine guys that can run out there and do something in a in a pinch moment. So now, much better. Pay the good guys. Don't do not pay the bad guys. That'd be my tip. Now I do have one question. I'm a follower of the Chicago Bulls. How much do you think how much better do you think they would be right now if Jim Boylan was still coaching them? Lord. Well, you know, the intensity level would be up there, but um, I'm not sure if the uh, basketball level probably wouldn't be very good, <laughs> if I recall. Um, I mean, he didn't have – you got, you can't say he had good guys to coach, but, boy, he was he, – he might – he almost single-handedly ruined Markinen's career just – Yeah. Because he'll be – he's still – I mean, he's playing okay for Cleveland. Um, he just um, – he – yeah, he 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 destroyed that guy because um, he's he's some kind of valuable something in the NBA, but not under Jim Boylan. Where you, what he had no idea what he was doing. We had no. That was a crazy team to watch because um, there was no structure. There was nothing. 
They didn't do yeah. anything. It was weird. It was a weird <laughs> thing to watch. Never. I mean, now you watch them and they're like, oh, okay, they have like an offense or something. And that's um, the thing. The NBA offenses don't need to be NFL level of set plays. They no, just need complex. to have a core philosophy of what you're doing in the way that you're moving the ball or who, more importantly, you're moving the ball to at the right times. It's, it's a fairly a simple style, game. It's a technique, right? You have to be good at it. You know yep. what I mean? Like you have, uh, it doesn't make any – defense is the same way. It's You have to have like a approach. Okay, yeah. we go for steals, you know. Okay, we go for – um, heavy on ball coverage, or we go under or over screens, or we, whatever. Or we switch you know, everything, we have a, or, or we switch, we switch nothing. everything. We fight right, over, so, or we, right. we we look to trap. The, these are these are basic philosophies. Yes, the detail is important, but get that base philosophy right. You can rotate the minute details around that to actually yeah. suit what you're doing. But you've got to have that, that core body. No Having no philosophy is not a good idea. That's not how I would do almost anything in my life. I would try to do with, I mean, unless you're like taking the garbage out, you know, but if I, any, pretty much anything you want to do, you kind of want to have a technique. You want to read a book. You might want to like, okay, I want, you know, I have an approach to this. Yeah. I I started the first word on the page. Right. And I read through until the last word. And then I turn the page. the book putting the book under my pillow and hoping I absorb the knowledge or anything, you know, you gotta have a, you gotta have an idea what you're trying to do. Um, just one last basketball thought before we get yes. out of the basketball world, just shout out to the OKC Thunder mm. five and eight at this point in the season mm-hmm. for a team of basically 19 year olds. They're the youngest team in the league, um, by almost a, a full year. And they yeah. are, Playing young guy basketball, they're making silly mistakes, but they're winning games that nobody thought they'd win at the start of the season. Hey, bring them to Vegas. Let's make them the Vegas Thunder or whatever. What? That's my advice. Okay, I said that was the last basketball question, but now you've got me going down the road. What would you name the Las Vegas basketball team if you were starting afresh? If they are not bringing a franchise to Las Vegas, if you're starting afresh for the 31st and 32nd teams, as the NBA will probably do. Um, hmm. Well, I liked my idea from a past show where we had the Vegas Globetrotters and the Washington Generals um, were the Seattle team. But, uh, you know, they'll make them the Sonics, so that's not they're not going to let me do that. No. Um Boy, I don't know. Uh, would I do something? Uh, if nobody's done anything that's like Vegas related. You know, the Golden yep. Knights really don't have anything to do with Vegas. The Raiders are the Raiders. Um, could you do, you know, the uh, some other some other nature thing? I don't really know what it would be, like a uh, the Red Rocks or something. I don't know, or like the the um, or do you do a gambling bit? You know, well, the I'll- dice. I was. I always thought the bandits would be a good name, but whether that's politically incorrect, okay. yeah, because you got the Raiders in town. How about the sure. bandits for the basketball team? And you, you sort okay. of have a like cowboy with like a, a scarf over his face as the logo kind of deal. I think we call them the gamblers, and we go for every steal, no matter what. We're always we're always just taking <laughs> a run at it. <laughs> or you could do what no the Sacramento what. owner wanted to do when he bought the team, and that was just to play five on four defense and just have somebody sit under the basket. Oh, I loved that. That was so good. Yeah, that was so funny. 
Hell, move them and just call them the Kings. I think that just works fine. We just call them the Las Vegas Kings. Nobody's going to have a problem with that. Um, I think that's that would be solid. But um, anybody I know in Sacramento, no, whatever. Nobody cares. So, Does anybody live in Sacramento? It seems to be the dullest place in California. It's got nothing that's I, fucked up about yeah. it. And we there's nothing there. that's, um, that's fun about it. We stopped there for lunch at a place called Foster's Freeze, which was like an In-N-Out Burger type place with ice cream, and it was fine. You know, it was pretty. It was it was pretty beat up. I, I'll say that that the neighborhood had seen better days. Um, a lot of trailer. You know, it was sort of like just walking around uh, at um, Boulder and Nellis. You know. Gotcha. But, I know exactly um, where you are. Fine. I know exactly what that right, looks yeah. like. <laughs> right, it's, yeah. it's not quite Mad Max, but it's 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 like right. two degrees of separation from Mad Max. There's a there's a lot of space. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of trailers. Sure. A lot and there's of a couple of truck nuts. Yep. A few guys just milling about. Yep. Um. Cool. Yeah. Let's get let's get some basketball here. I'll come up with a better name. If you guys have an idea for the name, uh, you can uh, post in our Discord. Uh, and like I said, get in there, send us an email, uh, or drop us a line on Instagram and we will bring you into the discord. Tony, uh, Tony, speaking of that discord, why don't we go in there and, and sift around to see what our friends are saying this week? Let's do that. Perfect. I've got to get the discord and, drop. I was just tr- right here. It is because I was just trying to get <laughs> discord up, but let's hit the drop. Aha. There we go. Perfect. That's what we wanted. Wait, wait, wait to hit the bumper, Tony. He nailed it again. Um, Tony, we had some fun stuff this week. Boy, a, a busy week actually out here. Um, here on the Discord, we uh, we had our, you know, of course, Nick Torque was out there. Um, what what did he? Oh, okay, so he he said these pictures. Okay, these pictures I posted a couple weeks ago of Goose Island food. Um, so a reminder for everyone, there's some Goose Island food, Goose Island halloumi fries, Goose Island mac and cheese bites, and fully loaded fries. Um, so he said this was probably at a UK co-op store, which is like a neighborhood 7-Eleven or IGA. So he thinks this would be a short-lived partnership. Uh, I don't care. I want, I want, I want it. (laughs) I want the weird things. Um, I posted some pictures on a rare occasion uh, that I did that. I was hanging out at the Resorts World, and I drank a very expensive old-fashioned that was very good. Tony, this old-fashioned was delicious. It had Russell's Reserve six-year rye, some Alba- Clyde Mays Alabama whiskey. Don't know what that is. Um, I can take a guess. Spiced Demerara sugar and cherry, bike, cherry bark uh, vanilla bitters. And it was a nice cocktail, Tony. That was a good old-fashioned. Can you call it an old-fashioned at that point? Yes, it looks like an old-fashioned. You've got a picture of it. A pink old-fashioned, I will grant you that. It was just a pink light. It was just there were pink lights on the top of that place. Yeah, yeah. I know. But um, can you call it an old-fashioned? This is the thing about cocktails. Like, if you're ordering an old-fashioned, I I think I would expect just an old-fashioned to be an old-fashioned. This, call it something else. Um, this has all the things that an old fashioned has, right? So it has bitters, uh, rye, uh, sugar. Okay, so it has a little extra whiskey in there, I guess. But. Yeah, 
And that's enough to change a cocktail name in my my view. Probably a technicality, but sounds like a delicious drink. And I like it. It was good. It was it was boozy and it cost twenty dollars, but it was good. Now, at the end of the day, was it worth $20? Now, I don't mean uh, no cocktail is worth $20, but you're paying $10 for a Jack and Coke. Was it worth $20? No, you might be paying 12 now. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it was. For where you for everything about it and where it was on the strip, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I probably could have sat up and gambled and gotten it for free, but I feel like I probably would have burned more than 20 at that point. So yep. we'll, just, we'll just take the cocktail. Um. <laughs> Tony, you got some bad news here from our friend Grammar Purist um, that we had our, uh, oh, this happened a year ago, I guess, but um, uh, one of our 76-year-old sex workers died after satisfying 500,000 clients, including four American presidents. So, Tony, wow, this lady is a real looker. Um, Um, She did not die. She retired. Oh, she retired. I thought she retired from life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she's still alive. Usually, you don't. Say, okay, I thought. I think they shouldn't have put her age in. When you put their age in, it makes me sound like they're dying. She should. They should just say retires after fifty-four years, not because you you don't you die at seventy-six. You retire after working. What? Whatever. Okay, fine. So she cut in at twenty. Uh, she cut her teeth starting at age twenty-two. Um, Five hundred thousand. Now, how many days are in fifty? 54 years, Tony. Siri, how many days are in 54 years? 19,723.1 days. Mm, I'm skeptical of this. 500,000 divided by 20,000, Siri. What is the answer? It's 25. That's 25 people a day. She's lying or she's quick. Uh, It's 25 people a day. And and that's assuming that she kept the same pace at age, you know, <laughs> sixty through seventy six that she did between twenty two and and sixty. And even if she kept that same pace, would she have the same amount of clients? I doubt mm. that. And and what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to forego that comment. That we're just just driving right past it. Oh, you can't pull up on that. There's just no, there's just no way that a 75 year old woman can. There, I guess there is a way. I just, I'm very skeptical of the likelihood that you can keep the things moving, if that makes sense, well enough (laughs) to blast through 20 something guys in a day. Right? I mean, that just doesn't feel like there's. Like it's not going to work. No, there has to be a hip replacement in there more than once. She's got to take hip, time off for I that. Mean, there, I mean, I, I don't know if there's enough lube on earth, really, to to tolerate that for anybody. I, now I'm feeling bad for this lady. I mean, that's not for the sex work part, for the, the painful part, if that's the case. I mean, <laughs> 25 a day, that's, that's more than one an hour. Yeah. If you're awake every hour of the day, nah, nah I don't buy it. No, I don't buy it either. No, no way. The, the numbers don't line up. I'm sorry. That's um, a good headline. Yeah, thanks. So, <laughs> grammar purist, we got to, here comes the math purist. All right, I'm I'm here now too. Okay. Um. Yeah. What else we got here? Uh, oh, 
Oh, our friend Corey was looking at some of your Australian beers on here. I don't really gum, gumball galaxy, not an any IPA 1.75. Um, so there's somebody, somebody going nuts on this good land beers. Yeah, that was me. I was not a fan of it. Um, mm. It's my lowest rating on untapped good land. Oh, wow. A kind of local to me, but how clear would you expect a new England IPA? Would you expect to be able to like see, would it, would you expect it to be lighter than a mass market lager? Cause this was, it no. was clear. Okay, well, that's it good. was light. Yeah. It was not hazy. It had no mouthfeel. It had no hops. Mm. I, I don't know what they were going for. It wasn't even a pale ale, and if it was, it was a bad pale ale. Yeah, Harsh, that's, hard that sounds like it's dead. Yeah, that's a hard. That's a tough. And it was only that's can- a tough break for you, good land. And it was only canned sixteen days before the review, so you can't say that it settled out in that sixteen days. No, there's no way. I mean, there's the argument that people make that any IPAs don't have to be hazy. I disagree. I just think it's a natural. It, it that's part of the style. That's part of you the know, style. Can, that's like saying American light lager should be hazy. No, right? Exactly. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to hit the. You have to hit the target on color. Yeah, gang. Um, what else we got in here? Beer chat was going good. We had some. Uh, um, I, I had actually posted about um, a few weeks ago. Mountain Culture, which I will be drinking that beer here shortly, Tony, and actually during this show. Nice. Um, uh, and, and Tony, you found out you're going to be stocking them soon at, at Richie's. So that's yep. exciting. It is sweet. Exciting. Um, our friend W Tudes, he came through for me again with a, with some Benthic. He's bought me a four pack of Benthic and he was trying it out. It looks delicious. I was surprised it was in a 12 ounce can, but that's all right. We're going to live with it. Also have some other, uh, W Tudes going after some celebration, drinking Ghost in the Machine. This guy's living it up. How bro. good does you Way might have go. had Ghost in the Machine, but how good does that thing look? Oh, it's delicious. It's a fantastic beer. One of the best, I think, one of the best year-round New England IPAs. That's I what, think it stands up to most of the East Coast ones, like the Northeast ones. So that's what a New England IPA should look like. That's what mm-hmm. I want that, from my New England. Not nice bite on that beer too. It drinks really well. It has a nice bite on it. I really like it. Um, Nick Torque was in the food chat. We have our food channel. Get in there if you guys want. And the in the kitchen channel. Um, we had our friend Corey making English muffin French toast. We had uh, Nick Torque looking for some signature lobster pie, which sounds good to me, bro. That looks I know. Good. It was not cheap, but Jesus, it looked good. I love. Yeah. A good hot, I was going to say Australian pie, but they're really everywhere in the world. But savoury pies are the best. Um, not a fan of the English like hot water crust pork pie thing that they serve cold. Australia. That doesn't do, do it for me. But give me a hot pie with, with meat and gravy. It doesn't have to be beef, but, but crayfish or lobster works for me. Um, that sounds delicious. Like a good chicken pie. Mm. Yeah. And Nick, Nick might have posted the best picture of the week here with this. Um, <clears throat> now, he headlined it Mango Selty, but the Mango Selty was far uh, below the rest of the picture, which was some waffle fries covered in jumbo prawns with curry sauce. I know. Uh, 
which I wanted so bad. <laughs> and Tony, it makes me think I had the best loaded fries this past week. Really? Um, That's at, a bit at a cold. local bar here. Oh, I love these, dude. Um, maybe they weren't the best, but in the moment they were amazing. We were at this bar here in in Henderson called Born and Raised, um, and they had what they called anchor fries, and I think they're in honor of the anchor bar in Buffalo. And they were just a big pile of fries with buffalo sauce, Ooh. blue cheese, and Ooh. cheddar cheese. And it was so fucking good. <laughs> it was like blue cheese dressing and, and just like shredded cheddar and all salamandered together. Dude, It was they were sloppy, but that was like the American-style curry fries right there. They were, they were awesome. But there's no form of um, loaded fries that shouldn't be sloppy. Any form of loaded fries should have to be eaten with a fork. And I'm even talking like gravy fries. I'm a sucker for just some some chips and gravy, pub gravy, um, with a with a yeah. mass market lager, preferably yep. something that's a little bit better than that. But I'll, I'll I'll do mass market lager. Give me a a fork and a bowl, and I'm happy. That stuff is delicious. Absolutely, yeah. There were some good loaded fries out there. So. Um, Tony, when you're back in town, or gang, when you're in Vegas, go check out Born and Raised. They have a whole fucking menu of different loaded fries. And get the anchors. Those are really good. Tony, uh, why don't we dip into the mail keg, baby? Let's do it. All right, Tony. Uh, how about um, how about this one for you? Let's toss this one out. So, W. Tudes asks... After the conversation about the aluminum aluminium shortage, <laughs> would y'all drink beer out of a bag in a box, a la Franzia? Um, so, Tony, what do you have to say to that? There is a great number of um, technical challenges to overcome, but <laughs> I, for one, think, what the fuck are you doing? But I, Sorry. for one, think Australia are the country up to solve this crisis. We cannot solve the climate crisis. In fact, we're making it worse. We're actively making it worse. We're not just passively making it worse. But we are known for one thing. You talk about it, friends are in a box. We know it by its real name, and that is a goon bag. And a goon bag has a thousand different uses. It can be a shower in a pinch. It can be... Of course, for wine storage, you can use it. Uh, it can be used as a gag. Use it, put it near your zipper, make out like you're peeing. Hilarious. Um, it can wow, be its what own, a joke. I like that. It can be um, pegged to the, the Australian icon known as a hill's hoist. It's a rotating clothesline. We invented that yeah. shit. You, you peg two goon bags to that and you spin it round. It's like spin the bottle, but for alcohol. Um, you can... Uh, empty it out, blow it up, balloon or beach ball or floating device for when you're drowning. There are a thousand different uses for the goon bag. I think we can solve the carbonation issue. I, for one, hope we do, and I would be a fan of this. I think it's the next packaging revolution to take beer by storm. Sure. I mean, beer and bag exists already. Um, In China, hell yeah. Well, and it, I think in with Lambic, it does too. And with Lambic, with Belgian Lambic, you're getting a lot of it. You know, during the pandemic, I got real close to, so PMAC, our, our friend PMAC posted this and I couldn't remember the name of the brewery. I said Wild Provisions, which probably is a brewery somewhere. I don't know. Um, 
but it was primitive in Colorado. And they were selling, they were shipping these fucking boxes. I just couldn't pull the, I couldn't pull the trigger, dude. It was, it was very expensive. But, um, must have I did been super it. expensive. You're a man that pays $300 for a membership that only grants you access to beer. Uh, no, I get some beer for that membership. Oh, you do? You get, I do get a 12 pack of, I do get 12 stouts included oh, in that's the, all right, dude. Bargain. But, um, uh, I should, I, that doesn't mean I won't pay a stupid amount for other crap. So I probably should have just gotten this. I know yeah. there's Tilkin bag in box. I know there's, I'm pretty sure there's, there's Canteon bag in box, um, Lambic, but I'm not positive about that. Um, so I think that's pretty standard and that's, that's okay because Lambic still Lambic is perfectly fine. I mean, nobody yep. has a problem with that. Yeah. No, but now I would like Chinese to. Chinese here. Yeah, we got the Chinese yeah, taking it to a whole nother level. Just um, a random bag, plastic bag, and they're they're getting their beer poured into it and drinking it from a straw. And the only other people I've known to drink beer from a straw is me and a few of the This Ain't Iowa crew at um, what Football. was the what? No, it was the hotel on the on the strip. Um, it was one of the small ones on the strip. Um, Casino Royale? Yes. No. Uh, uh, Slots of fun? No, no. It was around Casino Royale, but there was a poker table there, and I don't think there's a poker table at Casino Royale. Harrah's? No. It was, it's near Harrah's. Uh, it's a small little joint. I don't it's know. It's Casino Royale. Oh, That's the be. only one I can think of. Oh, yeah. it could be Casino Royale. Wherever we yeah. played beer pong one night... That's Casino or O'Shea's. O'Shea's, that's where it was. It was O'Shea's, yeah, it was O'Shea's. That's where it was. It's gone, yeah. Oh, rest in peace, O'Shea's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they used to play beer pong there. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. And Casino Royale used to play beer pong too, for the record. You could do both. You could do them both. But, um, yeah, so they got a big bag here. It's branded with the uh, – um, I'm going to miss I'm, – hopefully I'm not mispronouncing this too bad. I believe that beer is pronounced Qingdao, um, and it's the – uh, kind of the big monster Chinese beer brand. And that's the beer that's probably in there. And the lady is drinking it from a straw. It's foamy. Definitely got some head on there. Yep. Um, I've really, I've drank, I've, I've rarely consumed beer out of a straw. Um, I know it happens a lot downtown in downtown Vegas out of the football. Um, the football beers are, you have to drink it from a straw. There's no other way to get it really. Um, which they look nasty and I don't know. I mean, just put some fucking freezy drink in there. Don't yeah. don't do the don't do the beer. Don't do that. It's not good. Um, but yeah, it's she's just holding. It looks like a you know, for lack of a, a bag from Albertsons or Jewel or whatever. And, yep. Uh, it's it's that type of grocery bag, and and she's just going for it. So so that's cool. A um, couple other questions we got across the line here, Tony. Um, PMAC asks, does anyone get on board with Advent beer cases? Uh, is that even a thing in the U.S. or other countries outside of Australia? I've gone for the Carwin Cellars uh, Canvent case again this year. It has arrived like a child of unwrapped and spoiled the daily surprise. But now I drink them when they want and most likely well before Christmas. Pretty good lineup of breweries and solid mix of styles. So, Tony, are you getting in the Advent calendar beers? Not this year. And that's just purely... Based on the fact that unless you're doing the PMAC thing and you're drinking them early, they're not always at their peak. 
because they're often from most places, Carwin um, sellers are one of the best beer places to order from in Australia. Okay. So I trust that their stuff relatively fresh. But your big ones, your booze bud, um, and there's another one um, that do the advent calendars. They're, they're really big in Australia. The, their stuff tends to sit around for a little while and they often yeah. pick the new styles and like a New England IPA that's sitting out of your fridge for a month is no good at that point. I'm sorry. I don't care how good the packaging is. There's going to be a good amount of drop-off. I have done them in the past when it wasn't so um, New England IPA heavy. I really like the idea of them. I just wish the beer was handled as well as what, what Carwin do. Um, I should have got on board with that. I do like the idea. They are really good fun and I have done them in the past. I've done sure. them uh, not last year but I did them the previous two years before that. And they, they are good fun. It's, it's fun to get, get a present each day because you really don't know what you're going to get and then, then consume it. For sure. That's killer. Yeah, no, I, I never did it. Um, pretty much every beer shop in Chicago did them. Um, a lot of them made got custom. I mean, this is not cheap to do. They would get custom boxes made. They yeah. would get like printed custom boxes and everything made for this. Um, and and I never did it. I it was just so disturbing to me with the amount of beer I kept. I had to bring in twenty four more beers into my house. Felt very insane to me, but. Um, whatever, you know, I, I buy, I think it's fun. I think it's cool. Um, my only fear is I have, I have a new England IPA on day 21 and I pick it up on, on November 30th. And then I have a new England IPA that sat warm in my, uh, you know, living room for three weeks or whatever, but yeah, (laughs) that's fine. Perhaps I should find space next time I do it. If I can get enough donations from our, our donation oh, from our coffee. Yeah. yeah. From our coffee. Yes. Oh. Uh, so if you want Tony to do a, a, um, if you want Tony to do an advent calendar, yeah. Uh, give us, drop us a, drop us a tip. That'll help. Uh, he might just do it anyways, but if you want to send us a tip, it's ko com slash beer engine podcast. And you can send us a buck or two. And also while we're talking about that, Tony, I do want to thank our friend Corey who generously donated, uh, a, a hefty, a, a, a fine tip to the to the gang this week, um, uh, along with our friends. You know, we we've had some be- g- generous benefactors: Corey, Nick, Torque, of course, and uh, our friend Max Allotment. So, thanks to you guys. Yes, like I said, you. feel Very free to generous. throw a buck at us if you like the content. Just like the beer, you like the beer. You know, you can throw a dollar at your bartender at the uh, Green Street, uh, Green Street, Green Valley Ranch. <laughs> And they might enjoy it, and just pretend that's me. That's cool. Uh, anyways, Tony, yeah, let's get you. Let's get you doing this. Uh, one more question came in this week um, from Corey. Will we ever revisit our ultimate six packs? Yes, it's a great idea. Um, I will have to remind myself what I had in mind. Um, yeah, so will I, because it has most definitely changed as I've got access to new beers, cold of the new wins. Um, in fact, the beer I'm drinking right now on this show, it would make a top dozen. It wouldn't make the top six, but it would make it in the top dozen. So there's a, there's an idea of how thing, how quickly things change. 
Um, and I would definitely be pushing towards some of the trends that I sometimes rail against on this show. Stuff like oat creams that are thick boys, mm-hmm. but I love them. I love a thick boy. We love a thick boy. And speaking of love, how about some? How about we talk a little bit about some of the beers that we loved this week, Tony? Let's do that. Um. There we go. Tony, jump in. What do you got? What are you drinking this week? What I'm drinking right now is, in actual fact, what I'm about to talk about. Now, Boat Rocker is a beer that's available in a lot of places, but this is one of their more sought-after beers, and it was only available at a couple of places online. Carwin Cellars were one, and Purvis Beer um, were two that I saw. I got it from... from um, Purvis and I was limited to one can per person so I got Boat Rocker uh, and it's their Creme Jet. It's a variation on their Ram Jet. Their Ram Jet is just a whiskey barrel aged Imperial Stout but this Mm -hmm. one is with Creme Caramel. So you you get that little bit of extra sugar like it's a burnt sugar (laughs) thing but you get a huge whack of vanilla and not just like vanilla from the barrel, but vanilla, vanilla. Um, and Sounds like pastry bot bebopped and scat all over your beer. Yeah, but you can see it. I'm, I'm showing it to you yeah, in the chat. Yeah, it doesn't look too sugary, yeah. Like there are legs, but it's not a not a syrup bomb. It's, it only no, comes it's, in, not a hor- it's not from Horus, yeah. No, it only comes in 11.4% alcohol. Um, it's fucking amazing, though. Really really good would happily pay the amount of money i paid for this it's not quite horus horus money but it's not far behind it but no. it is absolutely amazing beer would buy again can recommend anybody in australia check out the creme jet really really quality stuff griff what was your beer that you're checking in this week tony i'm gonna go with uh i'm going imperial stout too um they had uh i didn't get to go uh, of course, um, I, I, we Kelly and I were out celebrating uh, a special occasion. Congrats, um, by the way. I won't mention what which, occasion that was, but it was Kelly's birthday, so she. Uh, it was a very nice time. Went to the. We actually went to the Eiffel Tower, Tony. Uh, kind of corny, but it was really good for for serious. Um, but in the meantime, they were having a little uh, modern times event over at Corey's here. And so what I did was instead of going to the busy event Friday, we went out, uh, and, and, uh, ate and drank on Friday. And then I showed up Saturday when they had all the stouts still on draft. Tony was still there. Didn't have to do nothing. Didn't have to wait or anything. And, uh, the highlight of that Tony was the monsters park aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla. This was delicious. Um, it was an even blend of Madagascar and Vanuatu vanilla aged in bourbon barrels. Tony, it was absolutely delicious. Um, perfectly blended, nice bourbon bite, strong vanilla flavor, sweet but not painful. Uh, a true classic. Tony, this is getting a 4.41 so far on Untapped um, with only 355 ratings for the 2021 version. 
Uh, it was on point. Cannot, can I complain about that beer? Well, I know you mentioned the rating out loud, but I'm going to get you to do an impromptu unta- untrapped with the beer that I am drinking right now. Uh, it's the Creme Jet. It is um, from Boat Rocker. As I said, it ca- comes in at 11.4%. Um, from the description, who doesn't love creme caramel knowing that caramel and vanilla work to um, accentuate the rich malt ramjet? We couldn't resist trying to make this fun variant of our famous beer for our now infamous ramjet day. Thick, rich, luscious malts, big whiskey and sweet creme caramel, adult dessert in a glass. What do you think that rates on Untapped? There are 106 check-ins, and one of those is mine, and that was a five-star check-in. I'm going to go four, four point, four point three five. I have to give that to you because you were almost bang on the knocker. Four point three eight. Well oh, done, yeah. good sir. And of course, we have a telemarketer yeah, yes. calling us. That's what we want to hear every Wednesday right. without fail. Right, yeah. We'll get yeah, the lady on the right. line. <laughs> Fucking hell. I apologize. Perfect. It's a big party. Um, all right, Tony. One more beer I wanted to mention is the beer I'm drinking right now. And, Tony, this is uh, from our gang, our friends at Burial. This beer is called Isolated in Digital Blatherings. And it is a collaboration with Australia's own Mountain Culture Beer Company. I'm excited. This is a seven percent IPA. Tony, the description on this, uh, I'm not going to read it. It's the bad MFA writing. But this is made with wheat and pale barley, and it's double dry hopped with hand selected Rewaka from Eggers Hops Victorian grown Victorian grown Vic Secret and a small charge of New Harvest galaxy it's a monster tropical fruit boy yeah and it is very tasty the vic secret pops in with a little bitter flavor at the end love that it's uh this is one of the better single ipas well single quote unquote (laughs) the the seven percent one of the more straightforward like american or we'll say regular new england style ipa not a double not a triple this one is not too thin feeling or too sweet it's uh, it's on point. Has a nice bite on it. Uh, so the gang, whatever the gang at Mountain Culture added to this, it was a good, um, it was a good win. So uh, yeah, the Rewaka from Eggers Hops, Victorian Grown Vic Secret, and New Harvest Galaxy, and some fun can art. It's a great beer, Tony. That's a winner from 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 the gang over at Burial and Mountain Culture. So keep your eyes out for that Mountain Culture. That they seem like they're an up and coming brewery. Can't wait to get my hands on the stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a big winner, Tony. Why don't we jump into the thing people really want? It's the logger of the week. Oh, Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Perfect. Tony, I am switching it up. I'm actually sticking with burial on this one. Uh, now, for next, now, when I get back from Portland in two weeks, you know you're going to be hearing about all the Freem lager I was drinking. 
But uh, we're this week we're going to burial. Um, they brought back uh, one of my favorites, the Dark Lager, uh, came out this past week or two. They did this beer with uh, Fair State Brewing in uh, in Minnesota. And it's just called Dark, and it's four point two percent. And it is a dark lager inspired by northern brewing traditions using German barley and hopped mildly with bohemian hops. It's just on point, dude. It's a great dark lager. It tastes amazing. It's got Schwartz beer quality. Maybe not quite as chocolatey as the Schwartz beer from, say, Metro, which has a really strong chocolate flavor. Um, Maybe a little easier, more refreshing tasting than that, I guess, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, not that I don't love that Schwartz beer. It's amazing, but um, it's a, it's a great taste in beer. So that's, that's the lager of the week for me. Uh, I will give an honorable mention as has been supported by other um, podcasts in the Malika network uh, conglomerate. It, uh, an honorable mention to the lager I drank yesterday at silver stamp. Uh, sorry, Sunday, which was from Browers West. Um, which is in LA called Pop Fuji that was slow poured at Silver Stamp with a big fluffy head on it. Uh, it was awesome. That was a delicious tasting Pilsner. So unfiltered pills from from Browers West in, in LA. And that's all the lager I can talk about for one day. Tony, what do you got? Anything? Any Nothing loggers for, for you this week? Nothing other than a furphy. It's a solid um, large brewery beer. It's from Little Creatures. It's fine. Fine. <laughs> well, Tony, I'll be at Freem. Boy, I would say maybe a week from today I might be at Freem, actually, um, when I go to Hood River. And they have a whole setup of lager. So I, I got to have a pills while I'm there, but I know I'll be going after that export lager. They've got um, – it's like a Dortmunder style. I've heard that's really good. They've got some um, – they got some Vienna lager going. They got some Hellas lager they're making. I'm going to be sampling the set, so it's going to be really fun. Nice work. All right. All right, Tony. Let's move on to uh, every, uh, a favorite segment of everybody's. It's the segment called Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. It is indeed. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. I'm drinking an 11.4% stout at 3.30 in the afternoon. Give me a break. This MF, this MF wasted right here. Um, Tony, uh, this week was actually one of my favorite, this past weekend, it was one of my favorite festivals of the year. The Festival of Barrel Age Beer in Chicago, or FOBAB. I hope to make it back someday, although they're getting snow there, and I'm not, so <laughs> fuck off. Um so, Tony, some big winners this year. I've talked about FOBAB a little bit before. One of my highlights of my um, uh, journey, personal journey in beer, was getting to pour VSOJ at FOBAB and just sample it the whole goddamn session. <laughs> awesome. Just, just pouring myself little sips of it for four hours. Um, VSOJ was the best in show runner-up this year. Um Tough break, but that's better than they've ever done with it before. They didn't even win their category when I was pouring it. Wow. But Revolutions VSOJ is the runner-up. The winner in Best in Show, a brewery I've been to, actually, was Resident Cultures Sympathetic. Um, now, let's see what this beer is, Tony. We're going to learn this together. 
It is a um, mixed culture golden sour aged in oak wine barrels. Ooh, that sounds um, I, good. I, sounds like it was delicious. I highly doubt that anyone really cared about it, but I'm <laughs> glad that glad the judges liked it. I'm sure it sounds wonderful, or sure it is wonderful. Resident Culture is a great brewery. Um, from some of the other highlight categories, um, Strong Stout, the winner was Double Barrel Parabola from Firestone Walker. No shock there, right? No, not at all. Um, specialty Strong Stout was, oh, hey, down the street from my old house, Tony, Workforce Brewing, Double Barrel Sleepy Bear, great beer. Um, barley Wine, VSOJ. Uh, what else we got mixed in here, Tony? We got... Um, well, have you had uh, the silver medal out of the barley wine and wheat wine categories? Uh, that that's sounds, a good question. That sounds the, delicious. The Verboten, Verboten Brewing and Barrel Project Double Oaked Cognac Grow Old With You. That does sound good. Um, I, I like some of the cognac barrel-aged beers for sure. Um, let's see. What, what's the what's the real rating on this? What's Oh, this one's <laughs> popping a number, huh? Baby. <laughs> Oh, it won the Fobab gold medal in 2018, too. Shit. This beer is killing it. Where is Verboten Brewing? Let's see, look. I don't even know anything. Oh, they're in Loveland, Colorado. Okay, well, next time I'm there, uh, I'm going to hit this up. Damn, that sounds good. Age for a year in Heaven Hill rye barrels and again on cognac barrel staves. Sounds delicious. I've never had it, but it sounds amazing. And um, one uh, of the other standout beers for me is the gold medal winner in the other strong beers. The um, Smile. Smiley Brothers Rum Barrel Belgian Strong. Mm. You like rum barrels more than me. I think I'm skeptical of this one. I've been to Smiley, though. It's pretty good. And um, I I just think if anything's going to go with, with rum, it's going to be a Belgian Strong. It's It's sort of that perfect combo. I believe that. Um, I, I get you on that one. I, I, um, I think that the, the yeast, the estuary yeast and the rum yeah. sort of fit together in a nice way. I, I get what you're saying. By the way, this, um, creme jet, um, I know I've said it a bunch of different ways. Boy, is the whiskey coming out. You would be a big fan of this. It's got that, that yeah. real whiskey burn. This is not a sweet yeah, Give me that boy. whiskey punch, baby. Yeah, it's, that's what I want. It's got the sweetness from the vanilla, but oh, whiskey punch for days. It is magnificent couple others I want to call out here, Tony. The mis- number one in cider, Perry, and mead was the Misbehaven Meads Caramel Apple Cider Aged in Bourbon Barrels. The Misbehaven Meads Caramel Apple Cider unaged is so fucking good, dude. You would not. It's sweet. I know. It tastes like caramel apple. But holy shit, does it drink well. Um, it is so, it's so good. <laughs> and this Asian Bourbon Barrels sounds so good. It sounds like one of those... It's got that, it's probably more bourbony, obviously, but it's making me think of this drink we used to have in college that was like called apple pie something. And it was just like some apple stuff mixed with moonshine. Yep. And it would just get you fucked up I real mean, it bad. Was just called apple pie. Yeah. Okay. So you've had this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This shit would fuck you up and it had no alcohol taste whatsoever. Um, now, this is probably going to have, because it's, it's only like a five or 6% cider. So it's going to have some bourbon burn pickup from this which i like but this that's what i thought of i'm like that is going to taste so good so i gotta i gotta try to dig that up um when i'm there 
Um, other local breweries I wanted to shout out that I that I miss. Oh, Penrose got something in in acidic wild beer mixed culture beer. Um, Penrose is a great brewery. Really good for good for them. Uh, otherwise, I don't know who any damn people are. So whatever. But um, did miss going to the fest. I did. I I, always, I was reliving the story this week, Tony. I don't remember if I told this on the podcast, but where the um, the guy went up on stage, the drunk guy went up on stage because uh, they just left the stage open after they did the awards. And a drunk guy get up there and just got on the mic and goes, "Hey, everybody, who want? Who, let's get ready to suck it." <laughs> <laughs> and then he got dragged off by security. But um, it was pretty funny when he when he got up there to tell us to let's get ready to suck it. Um, so that was cool. Uh, and shout out to VSOJ for being kick ass because uh, it's really good and I have a can of it and I'm very excited to drink it. Tony, one other piece of news: Topo Chico hard seltzer. We got to get into the seltzer news. So Topo Chico hard seltzer, Tony, comes in cans. But yep. Topo Chico, the water comes in bottles. Have you ever seen the bottles, the glass green no, bottles of mineral water? I have hey, not. You drink that mineral water out of your glass kind of green bottle there, and it's kind of an iconic thing. Well, they're going to be shifting the seltzer into the glass bottles, um, which I'm excited for. It should make it even easier to walk down the street in Vegas, not that anyone cared, but just to walk down the street with nobody knowing you're not just drinking water. Um drinking some flavored ass hard seltzer in those green Topo Chico bottles. I'm excited for this. Um, I think it tastes better out of the glass bottle. It just reminds me more of Topo. So I'm excited for, I'm excited to get the, um, to get the glass bottles of Topo. I think it's good. It's well, going to be good, Tony. It looks like I can get, um, wow, that's super expensive. Mm. Topo Chico, um, Available in Dan Murphy's, at least delivered to me. Oh, wow. But they want $8 a can. Nah. Now, I will pay $25 for a Boat Rocker uh, Imperial Stout, but I will not be paying $8 for a mass market hard seltzer. No, don't pay pay that much for Topo Hard Seltzer. It is good. It's the best one I've had. But I, I wouldn't pay that much for it. I'm excited to get the bottles of it, though. It won't cost eight dollars for me. Um, actually, Tony, I had recently I had some of their new flavored, just unhard seltzer that Topo was making that has like hint of grapefruit in it. Yep. Just their flavored mineral water. Oh, it was really good. Now that was expensive, though. Ah. That was expensive compared to buying like the Target brand sparkling water that I usually drink. Because <laughs> um, that twelve pack of that in the glass bottles was like, you know, nine bucks or eight bucks or something. Yep, I'm getting these eight packs of this fucking Target shit for two ninety nine. You know, uh, get out of here. But anyways, it did taste much better than it. But I will be, re- I will be re- um, uh, withholding from myself because I don't want to pay the extra few dollars. Sorry. Fair enough. All right, Tony. That's all the boring news we have for the week. Um, let us shift into uh, the most important thing. It's, of course, the holiday season. It's the Thanksgiving season. And we need to go play a round of a game we fell in love with last year. It's some Food Network version of Untrapped. Untrapped. 
I love our harmonies now. It's not just oh, yeah. Yeah. a two-part harmony. This is a three-part harmony. This is some Beach Boys shit right here. Yep, that's right. Uh, listen to the Beach Boys and feed my soul. No, is that the Beach Boys? I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sing good vibrations. I'll sing crusty again, but you're not getting my real singing voice. All right, Tony. Uh, so you don't do Thanksgiving, but I don't care. I'm bringing you on the Thanksgiving adventure with us. Look, I'll tell you what I do do a lot of, and that is YouTube videos around Thanksgiving food. And my favorite one this year has been Samine. You're familiar with her Netflix show, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, or some variation of those words in a different order. I think that's the right order, actually. She has put out a video on the uh, New York Times channel and it's just about her sides that she puts with all her her things because she, um, for her, the only good side is cranberry sauce because it's the only thing that is slightly acidic. So she has a bunch of different sides that she puts with her turkey and with anything else. So I think it's appropriate for an Australian Christmas where we do have a lot of fatty foods and you need a good um, sage salsa verde to cut through the fattiness of whatever you're having. Sure. It's, it's sure. versatile like that. She does a, a crumb that she puts on her green bean casserole, her first ever green bean casserole that is just amazing. It's a great video. That's what I do for Thanksgiving. I watch a lot of YouTube videos about Thanksgiving food. All right. Well, Tony, this is not going to be nearly as rewarding as that is because this God is. Damn it! So, Tony, I have I have gone, um, I have gone, uh, knowing that we've already produced eighty episodes of this podcast, and knowing that there's potentially a future of us doing this for many Thanksgiving, uh, many Thanksgivings, is that uh, I am I've I've decided to to get into a lane here for Thanksgiving this year. And I have gone through all 84 of food networks recipes that they have put in their gallery of the best Thanksgiving dressings and stuffings. And I have found the funniest and weirdest five to try to get you to tell me what their current rating is. Okay. Before we get into the weirdness of this game. Yes. Give me a griff ultimate dressing stuffing i don't care what you call it it's going outside the bird it's delicious give me what your ultimate version of that is sure so if i had a choice i would do some kind of so i would do kind of a cornbread stuffing good choice i would go heavy on holiday flavors so i would do sage big on sage big on and i would probably go with some kind of crumbled chicago style italian sausage in there so that'd be, that would be give you some sage fennel. I'm going to do a lot of onion on there. Um, and, you know, obviously the chicken stock and stuff, and I'm going to bake that bad boy up, get it mad crusty on the top, Yep. and we're, we're feeling good about it. I like that's where you going. I'm, that's what I'm looking at doing. I like to add a few mushrooms. I don't know how you feel about mushrooms. Sure, I would I, do mushrooms. Yeah, I love them. I yeah. had a great mushroom stew this week. No meat in it. Oh, so meaty. Um, 
But you have celery. You got to have a lot of celery in there. Aromatics. Yeah. All your aromatics. Onion, celery, yeah. perhaps even carrot if you want to add a little bit more yep. color. But it's got to really have onion and carrot. Now the question I ask you, and this is something that I'm, I'm sort of leaning away from: egg or no egg to bind. Um, you know what? I've done them both. I don't know if I have a huge, I don't do enough egg to make it into a bread pudding. You're going to have to be careful not to turn it into bread pudding. That's my, that's my challenge, right? Uh, I don't uh, want it to be too custardy in the middle. I kind of want it to still be a little bit, I kind of just want it to be some, I want it to be reformed bread. That's really all I'm looking for. About that crunchy top and that soggy bottom. So no egg for me. I'll bind it up with some grease from the sausage. That's fine. If I'm dumping, if I'm dumping Italian sausage in there, it's good. Question. And the chicken stock, you know, whatever. Yeah, do you need it bound? Do you really need to bind that sucker up? Who cares if it falls apart? Who cares? As long as it's crispy on top and you get a good spoonful of that stuff to put on your food. Yep, it's no, just hot panzanella. It. You're going to dump gravy on it anyways, whatever. Yep. Do you guys eat dressing? Is that a thing that you eat there for Christmas or anything? Or? Well, is it traditional? No, but do I watch a lot of American Thanksgiving videos that give yeah, me ideas right, for yeah. Australian Christmas. Hell yeah. And do I do I like that. I like do a dressing I like, every I'll, year? Yes, I do. Yeah, good. I like dressing. I, I do enjoy it. So I, I will put out that I'm not doing this out of bitterness or hatred of, of dressing or stuffing or whatever. I wouldn't stuff it in the bird. That's for damn sure. But no. um, that's just a bacteria hazard waiting to happen. Yep. I but, agree. Um, uh, I will eat it because I like this. It's just bread. <laughs> it's just bread and meat and some fucking vegetables or whatever. Yeah, it's like bread and meat. Who doesn't love bread and meat? I love a salami sandwich. It's my go-to it's sandwich. Hot, it's hot panzanella. It's pretty much what it is. <laughs> it is. And is that a bad thing? No, that's a no. great thing. That's good. All right, so the first one, Tony. Okay. These, these I'm not so sure. We'll find out. First one I have from you is from a uh, longtime Food Network um, personality. Her name is Ree Drummond, Tony. She is the pioneer woman, if you're familiar with this this lady. And she has created her delicious doctored dressing. And this, uh, it appears to be sort of a Sandra Lee type dressing is what I'm going to say. So she's using a 12-ounce package of herb-seasoned cubed stuffing mix, such as Pepperidge Farm. <laughs> so she's going stovetop on this shit. And then she is adding in things like two cups of celery, two carrots, an onion, oh, a fennel bulb, three cloves of garlic, uh, some peeled celery root, parsnips, turnips. And um, what she's doing is... She's just cooking all these vegetables down. She's putting all this stuff in with the stuffing mix. And then she's, and that's it. Um, And I will say the picture of it looks really goopy, really sort of Mm. beige, I would say. Um, So, Tony, delicious doctored stuffing. Um, I'll give you the reminders I did last year that pe- nobody cooks something for two hours without wanting to like it. Yes. Um, so what do you got on a rating for Reed Drummond's The Pioneer Woman from the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, with her Trump lifestyle and everything? How does she feel? About, how, how are the ratings coming in on her delicious doctor dressing? See, this is the thing. You would think it would break down like, by party lines, Democrats not a fan. Republicans love it, but not the fact that, 
But the fact of the matter is no good um, liberal hippie would be caught dead cooking a box or doctoring a boxed stuffing mix. So this is for MAGA-pilled anti-vaxxers only that believe JFK is coming back from the dead. And I'm not talking... No! No, Griff. Oh, the real no. The real one coming back? No, no. You, have you not heard this latest rumour within the QAnon um, culture that, yes, JFK Jr. is coming back, but also JFK, who happens to be 103, is coming back? Yes, they're His both head, coming yeah. back, and that's why they gathered at Daly Plaza to witness the rebirth of both JFK and JFK Jr. Why a hundred and three man, hundred and three year old man, would want to come back from the dead? Surely you would want to be trying to kill yourself at that point. <laughs> yeah. But getting back to yep. this stuffing, getting mm-hmm. away from QAnon and those Mm-mm. fucked up individuals. Let's say everybody loves this shit, but there's going to be one weirdo that that try hates it. This is going to come in at four point seven five. Oh, that's an overshoot, Tony. Damn it. Um, this came in at 4.0. We have one rating from Southern Bell <laughs> from November 30th at three stars. Um, uh, she actually seems to like it for her three-star rating. She's got untapped vibes here. I like the prep day before and just pop in oven day of holiday. Fun to try different veggies. Only pup in... Pup in <laughs> half cup of turnip. Liked having merpois mer- ready for gravy next day, but needed to have cut smaller. We'll put in food processor next time. She did some caps in there. <laughs> so um, she won't bother trying to up her, her knife skills, but she will put it in the food prep machine. Yeah. Food processor. Too dry for my desire. And this is in all caps. We'll add more broth and fresh baked cornbread. Next time, just make stuffing regular. Just make it regular. Yeah, Don't just, use the mix, girl. This this was my problem. Don't doctor a mix. Just make it from scratch. You don't need all that shit. It's just bread, Celery, bro. Just yeah, fucking cut up bread. some bread and chicken stock. Done. Mushrooms. They're a bonus. Meat. They're a bonus. Bread, onions, celery, chicken stock. Done. Buy a, buy a loaf of bread from the store. Yep. It is going to be cheaper than this 12-ounce package of herb-seasoned cubed stuffing mix. And the money Cubing that- bread is so easy, it almost comes in a cube already. <laughs> and with the money that you save from not buying your shitty stuffing mix, buy a good quality sourdough. Buy an amazing I'm quality sure. sourdough. Use that. Do, do that. Yeah, buy some sourdough. Buy some cornbread. Buy some... Uh, Rye bread. Sure. I don't care. I mean, whatever, you know, it's just like this, this, the worst type of, it's the bread that fell on the ground is what's going in the stuffing mix. You know it. It's the bread that fell on the ground at the, at the Pepperidge farm bakery. And they're like, I just scoop it into the fucking stuffing mix. You know, it is. It's the equivalent of a tea bag because we all know that. Yeah. It's all the dust. yeah, Yeah. It's all the dust. And and so nobody should ever drink a tea bag and nobody should ever use a stuffing mix. It's not that hard to brew a cup of tea. Yes, Ted Lasso is right. Yes, it tastes like brown water. Yes, it's not my thing. I would much rather drink a good coffee or an 11.4 Imperial Stout. 
But <laughs> right, yes, that's what we all want. <laughs> Sometimes you got to drink <laughs> tea. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this in there. Speaking of stuff coming off the floor, Trader Joe's used to sell something called fruit leather scraps, and it was the scraps <laughs> that didn't make the perfect the like fruit leather thing. So you just had a bag of like little fruit snack pieces that were all misshapen. And I actually really liked it. And it was much cheaper than buying the long strips of food, food, le- fruit leather. Um, all right. Here's, here's a fun one for you, Tony. Okay. Like a fun one. These are called Sonny's. This is called Sonny's apple stuffing loaf. And now this is an interesting one. Uh, I think, I think you're going to like this one. So uh, what I what I think this is is some kind of quick bread, but with stuffing in it. Um, what do you got in here, Tony? You got uh, you got some butter. You got a cho- cup of chopped celery, cup of chopped onion, uh, chopped fresh thyme, fresh sage leaves. This is good so far. Two scallions, uh, four cloves of garlic. Oh, here's the kicker, Tony. One 12 ounce bag of stuffing mix, such as Pepperidge Farm. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake. A couple walnuts, uh, lightly packed, chopped fresh parsley, dried crayon, two apples, diced. I like honey crisp, she adds. And you got some, you know, what? some turkey and turkey what? and no. <laughs> chicken. Stuff. Honey what? crisp doesn't even seem like the right one to use. No, but. This is my problem, Griff. You picked up on it immediately. Honey crisp, not. A cooking apple. The reason you no, use a cooking apple is because when it you add a little bit of temperature to it, it works perfectly. Honey crisp. It's sweet. Yeah. Wrong. Honey honey crisp is going to get bland. It's that's yeah. the problem. It's going to be flat, flowery, because um, there's no tart tartness to it. You need that acid. Samine's right. Um. So. What do you got? You got the nine by five inch loaf pan. You're cooking all this stuff down. You're adding the stuffing mix and you're putting essentially that into a, okay. So you're stuffing this mixture in there and packing it. And then you're baking the whole thing into a loaf. Which is wrong by the way, because I forget who it was. It was, it was one of many um, YouTube channels, whether it was Carla Lala music or. I mean, this um, is a very dense, what yeah. this is is a very dense. This almost looks like a savory fruit cake, is what I would okay. say. Okay, and this is my problem: is that you should do stuffing in a nice shallow pan. I like that crunchy top. I like that warm pantanella thing. I don't want eight eighty percent of it to be soggy bread. This loaf form bread, is yeah. the wrong form factor. But people are going to love this. The fresh uh, fruit factor in this is going to boost it up. I'm, I'm sending you the picture of this thing on the, on the discord or no i'll just put it in our doc actually okay um Thanks, no i'm going to say to you the discord i'm wrong my bad sorry couldn't come up with a better way to do it but i do think you should look at the picture of this thing it is it is comical okay. um i'll just delete it later it's fine it's in general no you can leave it people will wonder what the hell we're, we're yeah. talking about for at least 24 hours wow sure. this looks like a dog biscuit <laughs> it does look like it no, looks I, like really it does look like fruitcake to me. It reminds me of like the fruitcake you would buy from the yeah, from that, the uh that's a fair call. Bake, bakery case or whatever. Or not even no. not the bakery case, but just like the aisles or whatever. I can tell you exactly what this is. This is vegan meatloaf. Oh yeah. That's yeah, that's definitely could be that. But pre impossible meat. 
Oh yeah. Um, no, this now is... that we have impossible meat or whatever, we you know it looks regular, but this looks yeah. This is like some bound some fucking bound black beans and and yep. shit in there. Yeah. So, All right, Tony, where's this? Where's this one come in? This comes in, and again, it's in the fours. I aimed too high last time. Four point four oh. Oh, Tony, uh, I think you went a little high again. Motherfuckers! Well, let me look here. I, I'm, I'm just making sure here. I don't. I don't want you to get your. I don't want you to get. Um, no, I think. Yeah, no, I think this is a. I'm right. This is four on the dot. No, you can't give that to me. This is four on the dot. No, I was just making sure I had the. I had the calculation right. Um, Here's the problem: is that you got some, you got a few fives, and you got two ones. Is the problem? <laughs> some people like this, and some people hate it. Um, we got Robin H came in with a any thoughts on freezing second loaf, and Diane responded, "Do it." <laughs> Thank you, Diane. Uh, that was two days ago. This, so people are making this now. Uh, still a few, still a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, well, a week ago. Um, Robin H making it today. Did it hold together? Well, so she's got the comments here. Um, thank you, Robin. Um, why would you want anything that dense? That boggles my mind. Did you say 4.4, Tony? Yeah, I said 4.4. You can't give it. I'm going to give you this one, Tony. I'm going to give it to you. No, because it's actually 4.2. It's 4.2. Okay. I will accept it then. It's 4.2, so Tony gets that one. Sorry, that's my fault. I, 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 I transcribed the wrong rating into here. So 4.2 for, uh, for that one. Tony had 4.4. We're going we're gonna to give him that one. <sighs> I, 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 have to, I, have to, I have to stand by my, stand on my honor here and, and give Tony the, the win in Food Network contract. <laughs> um, all right, next up, Tony. Boy, that, that's, a, that's a tough one to beat. Uh, but let's go with this. Um, how about we go with, uh, oh, yeah. This one I actually think might sound good. Uh, this one is called Cornbread Stuffing with Shrimp and Ham. Um, I have no problem with the sh- that's not. <laughs> I do have a problem with the shrimp. I have no problem with the ham in it. Um, stuffing with bacon, that makes sense. Ham is just an extension of bacon. It's soggy bacon. Okay, so you're saying soggy bacon. All right, so what do we got here? We got this has a lot of butter. This has seven tablespoons of butter, a pound of ham. Is this a um, rebranded Paula Dean recipe? I don't know, but I hope so. It says it's from the Food Network kitchen. The picture of it looks good. It just looks like a big pile of cornbread and peppers and ham. So I'm sort of like, all right, you know. Yep. Um, doesn't look hardly bound at all, which I'm fine with. I don't care. Um, got your onion, you got your celery, green bell pepper, tarragon, thyme. Oh, here's an interesting one. Half teaspoon of Old Bay. Are you familiar with Old Bay, Tony? I am. Yep. Yeah, Old Bay in there. You got your broth. Oh, this does have eggs. Two eggs in here. Um, but and this is a mix of corn. Gotcha. Now, this is a mix of cornbread and white bread. So we got six cups of cornbreads, eight cups of white bread, and then a pound of shrimp. So we got a pound of ham and a pound of shrimp in this bad boy. Um, Cornbread stuffing with shrimp and ham. 
there are some in-depth reviews here, so I'm I'm excited to read these. Okay. So I, I think I'm going to go again above four. I don't know why people love this. More reviews doesn't necessarily mean a higher score and Griff is pegging me back each time, but I'm not going to drop below the last score and I'm going to say 4.25. Tony, you're way off this time. I'm sorry to say this is a 3.0. One problem with this, Tony, is that it seems to be an older recipe. Um, It doesn't have many reviews, but it is older. Uh, Taryn F says she found this recipe to be easy to follow and delicious. Um, she, okay. So she just didn't make the recipe. She gave it four stars, but didn't actually make it. She doesn't <laughs> like cornbread. So she just replaced it with regular bread. Girl, it says cornbread in it. You can't review this. What the um, fuck? Everyone at Thanksgiving loved it. Even my husband who doesn't care for celery, pepper, and onions. All right, so he's dead. That's a dead man. Um, yep. Doesn't eat vegetables. I, she baked her own ham. She followed. Oh, here's a throwback, Tony. She followed a Neely's recipe to to make the ham <laughs> when they Remember were that? bitterly divorced. Yeah, um, and she doubled the amount of seasoning to suit her taste. So we got a family <laughs> with high blood pressure and eating no vegetables. So good sign from Taryn F. Uh, Godspeed. <laughs> And then Betsy H. So Taryn F. gave it four stars, but didn't actually make the recipe to any particular (laughs) amount. Double double seasoning and no no cornbread. Cool. Um, Betsy H. uh, We expected this recipe to have more flavor than it did. Well, you should have fucking doubled the seasoning like Taryn. Um, She doesn't like green pepper, so she substituted red bell pepper. I think that's fair, but doesn't really give you as much aromatic character, I would say. Um. She doesn't think that's why the recipe was lacking flavor. I got to agree. She recommends using country ham or tasso ham, something with a stronger flavor. Wow, culinary in here. Um, Shrimp got lost. It was a waste of a pound of shrimp. Perhaps if we had left the pieces larger, I would double the amount of Old Bay. It was also lost in the recipe. Alternatively, (laughs) I might consider a Creole type of seasoning. The dressing was moist, and the directions were accurate and easy to follow. Okay. Now, I will say this had half of a teaspoon of Old Bay which I don't know where that's where that fits into anything with his, there's a pound of ham and a pound of shrimp and 14 cups of bread and all these other things in here. What is so a half teaspoon of anything going to do? I don't know, but yeah. And old Bay, if you're going to use it, you use it liberally. Everything I've seen, you use it. Yeah. Liberally. Oh yeah. In Maryland, they, they're just dumping piles of it on. I mean, it can be for those. fuck's sake. Yeah, it's in beer. At Camden Yards, you get the, you get the old bay fries, and it's just a mountain of that shit on there. And I actually kind of liked it, but it's very <laughs> regional. I didn't. I don't think I'd ever eat it anywhere else, but there, it's just it sort of fit the area. But um, all right, so that's cornbread stuffing with shrimp and ham. Not well liked. Much much less liked than delicious doctored dressing and stuffing loaf. Um, so let's move on to. Oh, this is a favorite of mine, Tony. Now this one, this one's got some. This one's got some zazz to it. This is called apple and onion stuffing muffins. <laughs> oh, uh, what? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Oh, you're so this a is a Rachel Ray. Thing. This is a Rachel Ray joint you got right here. Of course it is. <laughs> um, stuffing muffins. 
So, Ray, you got to give it up. She's telling you where to even get this shit. So she says uh, she's got two tablespoons of olive oil. She's got two. She's got a stick of butter. She's got one fresh bay leaf, comma, available in produce department. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Rachel. I was wondering where I could get a bay leaf. <laughs> Not sure why she put that there. Um, so she's got four ribs of celery, uh, and she tells you to save time and purchase celery already washed, trimmed, and cut into sticks, which makes chopping fast work. Girl, how hard is it to trim <laughs> celery? It comes in stick form pretty much. You just got to cut the bottom off, yep. right? I mean, and like, I like celery leaves. I don't care. You know, I'll oh. just chop up the celery leaves. I don't mind them, but they, they you can take those real... off too if you want. No, but they have a real place in other dishes. They they serve a purpose in many dishes. I like them cooked more than more than raw or in a salad. Celery leaves are great yeah. in a salad. Don't a couple couple leaves sneak in there. You're fine if you're if that's your fear is like I'm going to spend forever pulling out the two leaves from my but celery the stalk. Are delicious. Just chop them up in there. Who gives a yeah. shit? Doesn't matter. But it's like the people um, with their broccoli and cauliflower that don't eat the stalk part. Yes, sometimes it can be a touch woody, but you peel that stuff, you cook it right. The bell, the broccoli stalk is just oh, like as, broccoli stems. Oh, yeah. I eat those all the time. Yeah, but not just not just the florets. Go with the stalk. Yeah. It's delicious. Chinese the stalk is good. You, I mean, you got to cut the real bad, the real hard Agreed. bottom off. But yeah. yeah, eat the eat the other parts. You cut them up, throw them into a noodle dish that's a great way to use them yep. it tastes good um anyways so whatever there's a tip just buy just buy celery already uh, pay four extra dollars because celery costs 59 cents or whatever for <laughs> a whole much. head of it buy buy the 350 celery that's in sticks in a bag that's her tip trend. thanks time um, <laughs> that's worth it three bucks um it saves you three seconds. Uh, she's got a medium onion, a yellow onion. That's uh, fine for this. Uh, you Use got a, a mac apple. Chop. Save your time. <laughs> yeah. You slap it once, toppings for ice cream. You're good. Um, she's got the three Macintosh apples. Not a good apple to put into a muffin. Um, actually, maybe one of the worst ones to put into a muffin. Yep. Uh, you got your salt and pepper. You got poultry seasoning, Tony. And Lord help us, guess what? Eight cups of cubed stuffing mix recommended Pepperidge Farm. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, people. Take out your earbuds for a second, but I just had to hit my microphone. I was that mad. That is fucking awful. Pepperidge Farm. Pepperidge Farm getting sake. some fucking free advertising out of this. This has to be a joint um, promotion. This is some product you know placement what? bullshit. Fuck Pepperidge Farm. I want you to buy Stovetop. You have to buy Stovetop <laughs> if you make this. You will not buy Pepperidge Farm. Uh, if you're buying Pepperidge Farm anything, you're buying Milano cookies. All right? That's the only Pepperidge Farm item I will permit. Um <laughs> All right, so she's, what are we doing with this? Three-step muffins. Um, you're preheating your oven, that's step one, and then everything else is loaded into step two. It's like eight steps in here. Okay, um, before I re- give a real score, I have to give a shout-out a shout out to my, my good friends at Sorted Food. They recently did a video on perfecting Yorkshire puddings. 
I love a good, mm-hmm. good Yorkshire pudding. If anybody's looking to kill 20 minutes on YouTube, I can recommend. Really good video. Love a Yorkshire pud. But getting back to this recipe. Um, let me just say this muffin is very dense. This is There's no flour in here. So all it is is all this stuff mushed into a muffin shape. Yeah, it's there's not no muffin. a muffin. This is not made with yeah. oil. This is just it, a reformed yet loaf of thing. bread in a muffin This shape. does look like something you would give your dog. It's like a healthy snack for your dog. That's pretty much you what it is. You probably could give it to your dog, although there's a lot of sodium in there with that um, Pepperidge Farm <laughs> shit. We're giving it to humans. So. <laughs> yeah, but... Look after your dogs better than you do yourself, for fuck's sake. I'm I'm going to... Oh, Rachel Ray, she scores extra points. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go 3.9. Tony, this one... This one's up. This one's up in the stratosphere. It's it's gone to outer space. This one has 303 ratings and insane for this for this uh, for these things, and it has a 4.6 out of five. <laughs> why, people? Um, Question. This is why. Yes. Like, <laughs> I can't answer that for you. Oh. So we got Mark Mark M. Weiner. This is the best stuffing recipe ever. I've made this at least at least a dozen times. Uh, so there's that. Um, you uh, uh, only four stars because I couldn't get them out of the muffin tin. Um, what else we got? I've been making I've been making this recipe since Rachel demonstrated this great idea. I've never used an egg. Congrats. I don't know what to tell you for that. It's easy. The texture should feel really moist when scooping into muffin pan. Finished product is delicious. Some people say they need an egg because it fell apart. Um, I don't know, dude. They don't look very good. So I, I, I don't think I would, I don't think I'm going to make these. No. All right, Tony, last one. Okay. Let's, let's put this thing. Let's put this show to bed. Uh, this one is called, you're going to love this. I think you're really going to love this one. This was number 84 in the 84 stuffings um, that I that I browsed through this morning. <laughs> this one is called pineapple stuffing. Jam this up your ass. I hate pineapple <laughs> in savory dishes. Yeah, me too. Uh, Tony, what's this got in it? It's got 10 slices of white sandwich bread. Oh. You'll be happy to know there's, there is no... There is no Pepperidge Farm. Boo! Here. With this one, boo! Yeah, I know. I almost want this. This, this, you're you're gonna love this one. This is interesting. So you got your ten slices of the white sandwich bread cut into one inch cube, one and a half inch cubes. Sorry. You got your stick of unsalted butter. You got your three quarter cup of granulated sugar. You have a quarter cup of packed dark brown sugar. You have five large eggs teaspoon of vanilla extract, and one 20-ounce can crushed pineapple. Crushed pineapple. Wow, this is terrible. This is called pineapple stuffing. And this is, that to me, there is no salt or pepper. And that sounds like pineapple-flavored bread pudding in my mind. Yeah, it does. They could have used at least a Hawaiian roll or something like that. Um I don't know why that seems better than white sliced bread to me, but it does. So I'm going. I to like be- the king's rolls just because I'm a I'm an old I'm a 
dipshit. I like I'm Midwestern though, so whatever. Give me a score of three point two, please, Griff. Tony, I was this high. nostalgic stuffing is almost like dessert that can be enjoyed during the meal and after if you want. We've added a little vanilla here because it pairs well with the apple, with the pineapple, and it is especially great with ham, balancing the sweet with the savory. And Tony, it gets a four point two. Out of five. Fuck me. Jan7549, 10 days ago, says, Not a review, just a comment. This sounds like pineapple bread pudding. Can hardly wait to try. I will post a review after I make it. Uh, anonymous, not the, not the guys, just somebody who didn't put their name, says, Well, I love pineapple anything, but as a side with dinner, way too sweet with far too much sugar. This sounds like a very unhealthy dessert. Sorry, not to my taste. Um, uh, here's Somebody got mad about that. Foodie15 says, yet another brilliant Einstein who rates a recipe they haven't made. So people are getting in fights on the Food Network <laughs> site. Uh, a lot of reviews on here that haven't made it. Giving four stars because I haven't tried this recipe, but we have a very similar one that's been in so our So you family. have to give it to me. Surely you have to and Here's Foodie15 who posts again, yet another brilliant Einstein who writes a <laughs> recipe they haven't made. So Foodie15 is, Foodie15, if you're out there, get on the show. We want to talk to you. Yep. He is the grammar um, purist of reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Um, and in, in the middle of this, Tony, uh, this was not in the 84 stuffings, but I do want to point out that there is one stuffing that looks good to me that I just looked at on the page. This one's called pretzel stuffing. It's from Molly Yeh. Molly Yeh, uh, one of the newer Food Network uh, people, personalities. Uh, this one uses 10 heaping cups of cubed pretzel rolls, and I give that a big thumbs up. Cube pretzel rolls, you got a 16-ounce package of bacon, you got a half cup of beer in here, some Dijon mustard, chicken broth, celery ribs, onion, honey, large eggs, chopped fresh parsley. That sounds delicious, Tony. I think this one looks amazing, actually. So I might I might I might do this one. No. Thanks, Molly. I'm going to tell you which one to do. And it's not actually a specific stuffing. It's a YouTube video. It's half an hour of your life. I've found out who it is. It wasn't Carla. It was another old BA Test Kitchen alum, the whistleblower herself, Sola Elwaley mm. for Food 52. She makes two kinds of stuffing off script. One of them is a cornbread stuffing. The other is a, is a plain bread stuffing. She does an amazing job. It's half an hour. You can do your stuffing whatever way you want after you watch that video. And it's pretty much what no. you and I were saying. Not I'll be honest with you. I think I'm doing this pretzel stuffing, but I'm subbing out the bacon for Italian sausage. And then I then I essentially have it, a, or I would do like a bratwurst or something. And then I have some kind of weird German German dressing. <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about mine. So my you're not idea. really doing that recipe at all. Um, if you start, start- I, uh, I want to get Foodie15 commenting on my post. I need to get Foodie15 to say, yet another Einstein who didn't make the recipe. If I can get that to happen, then I then I feel like I've won. Um, Malier, I did want to point out Malier, a um, a degreed percussionist actually, and her uh, 
uh, and then somehow got into doing food network shows. So she's big but into she, uh, her polyrhythms a- and her polymeters she- and knows the difference between a polyrhythm mm-hmm. and a polymeter. There is, of course, yeah. There's a massive um, difference. Most she- people get it backwards. Yep. Um, and she, uh, 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 I'm, I'm um, two degrees. Uh, she's Facebook friends with one of my friends. So I'm feeling pretty <laughs> close. I'm all yay. Yay. Um, yeah, it's great. And her show, is, her show is just the pioneer woman, only different. So that does suck, actually. All right, Tony. I think uh, that was a good throwback to our old days on the table for eight. Maybe we should have made Brian suffer through some games. Maybe that would have made it a little more funny. We tried to do better. that, remember? We each had to come up with a game, except Brian kept refusing. <laughs> At least we turned Sidebar into a show, and now all of these nice people have suffered through 80 or so episodes of it. Thank you for that. Tony, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us on Untapped? Of course, they can find me on Untapped at St. Moz. On and, and, and that's one way you can do it. And look, probably the last beer I checked in was a five star from Boat Rocker, just saying. But you can also find Griff AD on Untapped. Who knows what he'll be checking in. Perhaps the beer he has just finished right there. And I'm guessing that is a high four. four point oh, yeah, eight. that was really good. That's a 4.7, 4.8. That's a big winner. I love that. Yeah, check us out on Untapped. Yeah, this was called uh, the... Yeah, isolated and digital blatherings. Really delicious mountain culture and burial. Love that. Um, Tony, uh, you can find us on Instagram. Our, our friends can find us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod there. If you would like to get on the Discord chat, we have, uh, you know what? I want to pat us on the back. We, we don't pat ourselves on the back enough. We have a nice little community going in Discord. It is hard to form community. And if you would like to be a part of our community, you can do that. Just drop us a line on Instagram. Send us an email. Or if you really, really, really don't want to talk to us, you could donate $1 to us at ko-fi.com slash beerenginepodcast, and you will get the link just delivered to you with really no effort whatsoever. Or never, And you really would never have to speak to me directly. Um, I, I mean, I guess virtually, anyways. Um, and, and I highly recommend it. I think we've got a good scene going there in discord. Uh, come hang out with us, Tony. Uh, I do have bad news for our listeners though. Uh, next week we will be taking the week off. Uh, your boy Griff will be in Portland, uh, trying to mine some content for the show (laughs) by going to various breweries and doing various things. So we're, we're going to take, we're going to take a week off. For, for the holiday, hope everybody has a lovely Thanksgiving. Um, I, uh, please be careful out there. Uh, and we all feel like it's safe here in the States, but there's still plenty of lunatics masquerading as your brother or your uncle or whatever. So uh, take it easy out there, gang. Tony, anything else? Uh, I would just like to recommend another recipe because cannot have enough YouTube-based recipes. The This is one that the... Um, person in the food network comments could not get angry at me for because i have cooked that cooked it and i have cooked it this week mm-hmm. and that is a color lally music um, recipe and it is the spiced roast chicken with garlic crunch crumbs it was delicious Afternoon, Ooh. thank you
And Tony's getting lunch delivered. He's living it up. We afternoon love this. Afternoon tea, sliced apple, oh, cheese. Oh, afternoon tea. Carrots, salami, um, eggplant oh dip. Oh, my God. It's the best. You know, I'm, I'm the cook in this house. I have to deliver all the lunches and shit in here. It's crazy. All right, Tony, you enjoy your afternoon tea. Oh, yeah. The ASMR is back. Beginning and the end of the show for some free ASMR. Just, just tune in for that. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. See you later, gang. Peace.